Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. We are broadcasting live for the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local uh, here until 11 o'clock alongside Bruce Levine, like we are every Saturday morning, talking baseball. A lot to discuss today. We have the best team in baseball, we have the Cubs. Uh, making news in their own way, and we have Bruce here to break it all down. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning, David. Welcome back. Uh, G Thanks. did a uh, okay job trying to replace you, but you're you're irreplaceable. But we thank uh, Chris for uh, sitting in while you were at your uh, son's uh, college graduation from Butler. I'm sure that was a wonderful day for you and your family. So, welcome back and. Uh, Let's get going with Cubs and Sox talk. Where do you want to begin today, Dave? Good to be back. Yeah, a lot going on. We want to get to the Cubs stuff that happened last night in, in Detroit because that was a big moment uh, during the game and a couple interesting ones afterward, Bruce. But let's start with the scary scene yesterday. White Sox, uh, now best team in baseball this morning, 23-14, and 14, 622 winning percentage. And they split a doubleheader uh, yesterday with the Royals. And in the second inning of the first game, we saw – a infield pop-up, which is no routine thing in white, the White Sox world. Things, strange things happen when there are <laughs> infield pop flies, and unfortunately, it did it, it happened again. And Hunter Dozier was not looking, and he eluded the catcher, and he was trying to get out of the way. And Jose Abreu and Hunter Dozier, scary collision. Abreu goes down, Bruce, and it looked like, boy, you wondered, is this another injury the White Sox cannot afford to absorb or endure and yet maybe the news wasn't as bad as it looked uh, what did you think when you watched it and what can you tell us about what you know about Abreu's uh, prognosis well I just worried about uh, the health of Abreu and Dozier I mean that that was a nasty collision uh, with two huge guys just uh, not seeing each other it was like two two trains in in the dark uh, going head to head and I was just 
hoping that they were going to be all right because uh, for a while, you know, Dozier wasn't moving at all. And it was uh, it was scary. Uh, thank goodness it appears that both are um, going to be okay after some bumps and bruises. I'm sure they'll take some more um, concussion protocol on uh, Abreu today. He was clear the first time. Um, the injuries are a, an abrasion uh, on, and bruise on his face and, and a knee where his knees have been getting pounded. If, if people have been noticing over the last uh, two or three games, he uh, ran into the wall with one knee. He got hit on the other knee with a pitch. So um, this is a guy that could use a couple days off. You hate to have him out of the lineup, but good news is uh, m- both of them should move on uh, and do well. And then uh, Kopech coming in and, uh, and throwing darts again and uh, <laughs> only giving up one run in, uh, in four innings. Uh, kind of turned the tone. Uh, everybody admitted, including Tony Russo, that uh, there was a pall over the uh, the White Sox after Abreu went down. They lost that game, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Giolito giving up a couple home runs. But, um, you know, they, they, they came back and, uh, you know, it looks like, um, you know, Andrew Vaughn is starting to look like the Andrew Vaughn that they've been predicting all along here is starting to get into the quote-unquote groove. Andrew Vaughn hits a home run, his second this week. That was nice to see. Michael Kopech, nothing will raise the spirits of a team that might be kind of down and distracted because of what happened with the Brayu more than Michael Kopech throwing darts. And, and Bruce, in four innings, as you pointed out, Twitter, I liked your little uh, uh, social media stand you took last night. He should have gotten the victory, right? He deserved to get that victory yeah. in a fourth. Yeah. He pitched four in a seven-inning game. What more do you want? Well, you know uh, – Thanks for setting me up on that, David. Really nice. You put it on the tee for me. So you have these seven-inning games that Major League Baseball somehow invented. And these are, you know, they've already run into trouble with one no-hitter that's not a no-hitter. Uh, and now they, they're running into this. So he throws four innings. You know, he gives up one run. Four in a seven-inning game, David, is the equivalent of six, okay? Right. If you do the math. So that would math. be a quality start. But he is not eligible for the win because he started and didn't go five innings. The five-inning rule about getting a win shouldn't apply in this clunky new seven-inning games that these guys have invented. So they kind of left this out. Uh, Tony La Russa, when I brought it up at, uh, after the game, agreed that uh, they, people should go forward, that uh, although he was happy to see Hoyer get the win, in reality, the numbers tell you that this is a win for Michael Kopech or anybody that goes four innings and allows uh, less than uh, two runs, I imagine, or three runs. Bruce is also available uh, after the show for algebra and geometry tutoring if you're interested, 312 <laughs> certainly have the wrong guy. <laughs> Before we get to the Cubs issue, Bruce, I wanted to just – the last thing on the Abreu collision, and I think it's, it is a relief for Sox fans and for the Sox team that has already had enough injuries that it appears he will be okay. Tony La Russa said he wanted to play in the second game of that doubleheader. That's just who he is. But there's no doubt about it. Hunter Dozier's got to know better, right? Don't, don't the runners or the hitters have to remember the, the Little League adage, you learn it when you're nine years old. The fielder has the right to make the play, and it's up to the runner or the hitter to avoid the fielder rather than the the other way around correct i mean is there any doubt that should that, no, his, that was avoidable? Know, I, I don't think it was avoidable because both players were obscured 
by Grandal catching the, the pop-up. Okay, so there was that. There was too much activity going on. In a normal situation when the catcher isn't there, you know, Dozier, yeah, he was looking down because he was upset that he popped up. But he has a baseline. I, I think that baseline is the runners, isn't it, David? Well, the, the baseline. Where is he supposed to run? Is the, he supposed to the run rule, toward the dugout? The baseline, you, you, it, it is, I guess, I, that, that is a, a, maybe a technicality because the baseline typically does belong to the runner, but also the fielder's right of way is not to be impeded or hindered according to the, the letter of the, the baseball law, and the fielder has the right to occupy any space needed to make the play, which is exactly what Jose Abreu was doing in that circumstance. Yeah, it was clunky, and I blame neither guy. Uh, okay. I, I think this is just a circumstance where the uh, both of them were uh, were obscured by the uh, the catcher, uh, or obstructed rather. Obscured would be a, the wrong word. Obstructed by the catcher being in the way, and uh, they lost they lost their mind's eye on where where they were at and what they were doing. Uh, I think uh, it was just unfortunate. Thankfully, no one hopefully is hurt bad during this, but. Uh, uh, you know, in the world that we live in, David, somebody always has to be wrong, don't they? Well, I don't want to. I'm, I'm happy finger. to be that guy for I'm most people all the because, time. Because, and I guess expressing relief that he at least was uh, somebody who avoided major injury because that was a scary it, it, kind it of collision. It is fun to know that someone's always wrong and it's never you, right? That's I mean, right. it's never me, uh, it's always someone else. Uh, makes us feel real good about uh, sports and, and, uh, and baseball in particular when, uh, when you know that uh, there's, there's nothing that you did wrong, your team did wrong. It's always the other guy. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've got a fun show to discuss those kinds of things. Paul Sullivan from the Tribune coming up at 930. We've got Cubs reliever young lefty Justin Steele at 10 o'clock, Bruce. And, and next hour we also will talk at 1030 to Chris Getz the White Sox executive who has had a lot to uh, to boast about in this early season. But we want to switch gears and from the Sox to the Cubs. The Cubs get back on the winning track against the Tigers, 4-2 to victory. A lot of encouraging things in that one, Bruce. You saw Chris Bryant homer to the opposite field, which I thought was a remarkable statistic postgame. The first time he had done that off a left-hander since 2015, that was surprising. Yeah. Jake Arrieta goes Six strong innings. He's his first start of the month. The Cubs have a lot to feel good about from a baseball perspective. Bruce, last night, that it was exactly what the Cubs wanted to see. Well, and that segues us into uh, you know hearing that both the Cubs and White Sox will be able to have 60% capacity coming in here. And uh, Crane Kenny uh, of the Cubs, uh, the, the president of business operations, uh, hoping uh, and uh, and making it clear that he thinks that uh, they will have full ballparks in Chicago by July. All great news. Uh, fantastic that, uh, you know, people are feel they have a stronghold on COVID-19 now and that uh, people are getting vaccinated and people are having uh, less, uh, getting, getting the disease less. But uh, the situation came up in the Cub clubhouse after well actually on zoom after the game yesterday uh when uh, jake arietta uh who won that game and came back after being on the il uh was asked about um the 85 percent number that all the teams are trying to get to right now David. right once they get to 85 percent vaccine 
uh, there, there will be uh, a, a, a slight, uh, a, a little bit of slacking off of the rules, the COVID-19 rules that baseball set for the players and all the people in tier one uh, of the traveling group to be able to relax it and, uh, and do more things with each other and have a more relaxed situation. Jake Carrieta was asked about um, the vaccine and about um, whether or not uh, this is going to happen for the Chicago Cubs. Here's a, a little bit of him up and back on Zoom after the game. The Padres manager thought it's a clear competitive disadvantage. I was just curious from a player's perspective. How you well, I, I, I don't agree with that because if um, certain guys that were vaccinated ended up testing positive, doesn't necessarily seem like uh, any advantage there. But is it is it the science of this that the percentages would be on your side if you're vaccinated? I mean that that's that's what the doctors and the experts say. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess so. But also, um, based on that information and the science, the people that are vaccinated shouldn't necessarily have to worry about getting COVID nineteen. But you know, that has also been proved wrong as well. As Jake Arrieta last night, a post-game, Bruce, as you point out, being asked about the Cubs who have not yet reached the 85% vaccination rate among their players, 12 teams have throughout Major League Baseball. And the topic will continue, especially in light of the Yankees' development. They had eight uh, members of their staff, including Gleyber Torres, which is what Jake Arrieta talked about later, that – were tested positive, and Torres, in, in his case, had gotten both vaccination shots. And so Jake Arrieta comes out in that side of it. And, Bruce, I'll just say this. Look, uh, everyone is going to have an opinion on this. It's certainly, you know, Jake Arrieta has a right to express his. If you ask me, I mean, I trust the science. I, I trust the data that shows these high efficacy rates, you know, for vaccines and the reduced number of deaths and hospitalizations. There is There are numbers behind it. I trust what the metal, medical experts say. And I understand the debate. I'm just surprised that we're still having it, frankly. Um, it's, you know, you don't, this isn't like somebody needs to make this political. It's not. To me, it's common sense and the safest way to protect me. That's my personal choice. Um, but look, we're in the opinion business. We have to respect people's right to think and act however they like, including Jay Carrietta. So I respect his point of view, even though I disagree with it. And I think um, I think a lot of people in baseball would. And we heard from Chris Bryant later who, who did, not directly, yeah. but he talked about how free he feels now that he has gotten vaccinated. And before we get to that, let's, let's set up the, the idea that what, what Arrieta was talking about is Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees uh, uh, tested positive for uh, COVID uh, just two days ago. Glaber Torres had COVID-19 uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And then he also got, after he came back, he was uh, vaccinated twice. So uh, what Arietta was talking about is, sure, you can get vaccinated twice, but it's proved already that you can get COVID again you know, with, without even if you are vaccinated, because Torres is now uh, positive again for COVID-19. So, you know, we, we, we stepped forward and uh, Chris Bryant uh, asked uh, in the same uh, Zoom time after Arietta about his thoughts 
on uh, getting uh, vaccinated and where the team is at as far as trying to get to 85 percent? It's not really a, a focus of mine to, you know, convince anybody otherwise. I mean, I, I got it and, you know, I have a peace of mind um, knowing, you know, the fact that I'm on the field and I want to be on the field for uh, this whole season. So, um, but I don't know. It's an individual question for everybody. I, I mean, I'm not in the business of asking people if they have it or not, but I personally got it and I, I have, I feel great. That was Chris Bryant last night. And certainly the debate will go, uh, continue i suppose within major league clubhouses and at major league ballparks as more fans start to go to games under the relaxed uh, restrictions as we see here in chicago and throughout the the major leagues 312 644 67 67 what do you think about what jake Arrieta had to say and how chris bryant uh shared his personal beliefs and how he feels comfortable brian cashman What's... by the way uh bruce the yankees general manager he pointed out that you're right, that the, but this was the exception to the rule and the, the percentages, and also that his point was that these staff members and Torres, the player, also did not, it was not worse, they did not present symptoms because of the fact that they were vaccinated. So that is the way that he interpreted kind of what is going on in New York. And in fairness to Jake Arrieta, let's, let's play a soundbite of him talking about how he feels He's being safe, and he will not catch COVID-19 with him and his family, what they do. We're being careful about where we go and, and uh, who we're around. Uh, I know from, from uh, my, my experience, I'm hanging around my teammates and my family, and, and that's it. So I think my, uh, my chances of uh, you know, coming into contact with, with COVID-19 are extremely low based on um, you know, uh, the people that I spend time with. And that's that's what I'm focused on is is just uh, minimizing the risk as much as possible. That was Jake Arrieta, yeah, reiterating his point last night about what he thinks, and also it just underscores Bruce just how David Ross had also discussed the Cubs seem unlikely given some of the things that we have been hearing, and certainly uh, with Arietta's comments amplifying, they're unlikely to get to that 85% threshold that 12 teams throughout Major League I, Baseball have reached. I, I just think it's uh, it's important to point out that uh, whether you and I agree with Jake Arietta or Chris Bryant, that the greatest thing about our country and about our way of life is that we have choices, and we are not forced to do things that we don't want to do. Um, in this particular instance, people have really strong opinions after all of us uh, pretty much being in the house for the last 14 months. And uh, it people get really angry about whether other people don't have the same opinion they have. Uh, I get it. Uh, uh, I, you know, I adhere to the, uh, the rules the way that I think interpret it. But again, um, the ability to have your choice um, is is an important thing to point out. That's what's great about our current country and being able to to have this discussion on the air about uh, your way, their way. There is no right way other than uh, what you believe in. And uh, the scientists will tell you one thing. Uh, other people will point to others. Well, it's fair game because a year ago in the truncated 60-game season, when the restrictions were a lot more stringent and protocols were, were very uh, as important as they are now, maybe even more so. When the Cubs were 
the team that was adhering to them and had 100% availability of all their players and their team on, and their schedule was being you know, played out the way it should have been, the way it was planned. We heard about that being what, Bruce? That was a strength. That was trumpeted as an accomplishment or an achievement by the Cubs. So I think that when you have that same team, different players certainly, but the same organization failed to meet the 85% threshold, it is fair to have an opinion on why and to speculate on some of the, the, the challenges that exist within a clubhouse to get everybody on the same page. It's impossible to do that, but I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's right to ignore it. So that right. is exactly you know, what we're doing. David, uh, Arietta was strong in what he had to say, I yeah. thought. One of my uh, dear uh, friends for the last over now 60 years is a doctor, and uh, he texts me this. The vaccine does not necessarily keep you from getting a positive PCR for COVID. It keeps you from getting sick and from transmitting the virus. Uh, the player in this instance doesn't understand that. And that, that's well, just, uh, you know, the, the medical uh, terminology from my friend. And that's 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 a professional opinion. What is yours? 312-644-6767. As I said, I do respect uh, – an athlete has asked a question, and he's not obligated to give an answer. But when he does, and it's a, it's a controversial one, then you have to respect that he was asked, and, and that's his opinion. I trust the science. I'm, I trust yeah. the data. I am with your doctor. I look at the efficacy rates, and I think that I am improving my chances in, in, uh, for, for good health and, and, the, and the public health by getting your both shots, not necessarily – um, waiting or, or justifying or rationalizing. But Jay Carrietta um, and other players clearly in his clubhouse ha- share the same feeling and throughout baseball and throughout every walk of life. So that is just where we are as a country and as we move forward. But there is progress being made, and there will be people coming back to the ballpark, Bruce, and that is encouraging to see. May 28th, 60% of capacity both at Wrigley and Guaranteed Rate Field. We will continue on with you at uh, 312-644-6767. We're always open to your calls, your thoughts on this and every other topic as we continue to talk Chicago baseball on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David. I'm Bruce. We're here for you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score. 312-644-6767. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Haw and Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. Having a lively conversation about the Cubs and some of the comments from Jake Arrieta post game and Chris Bryant, as well as it pertains to vaccinations and the threshold, the 85% threshold that all teams are trying to meet. Let's go out now to the BetQL listener line where we hear from Dan in Galesburg. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Morning, David. Hey, I like your show. I hear it every Saturday morning while I'm driving, and I'm driving in the rain right now, but I'll tell my question and then you can comment on it. I'll get off the phone. But the professional baseball players and hitting the 85% threshold and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wonder why is it that baseball players and really all athletes, they're worshiping the data. They're looking at the data to get every little incremental kind of game they can get to get a better baseball player. But why does the 15% or the 20% uh, not want to get a COVID vaccination for God's sake, because that's not baseball. Baseball is a lot less important in their life with their family and everything else. I, I can't figure out why they honor statistics for baseball, but they don't really honor the statistics for their. I think we lost Dan, but he made a he made a very good point, Bruce. I thought that baseball uh, had become a slave to analytics. Why are they ignoring this sort of number? These uh, numbers. Well, look, uh, we've ignored one thing about this uh, subject. It's political, okay? It's still political in many people's minds. And um, there, there is a pushback from many people believing that uh, government uh, is trying to control the narrative. Government is trying to control people's lives by forcing the issue of getting a vaccine. Now, I'm just giving you my interpretation of it. You may you may have a different interpretation of it, but the, that is where some people are at. And uh, many people do not take a flu shot. Um, do, do, do we push back on them for not taking a flu shot? Or because this is so much more insidious, uh, do we uh, involve ourselves in uh, forcing our opinion on other people? 
Fair enough. I just think that this is something that is made into a political discussion when the science is so overwhelming that it's hard for me to understand this this little uh, ideological ground that people want to plant a flag on. I, I guess it's it's different when it comes to you want to talk politics about other things, but the health and safety and welfare of not not only you yeah. but your family and it's the public health uh, concern. But we will get back to that because I'm sure that everyone has plenty of strong opinions, 312-644-6767, if you call, if you text. We'll get to them, but we want to bring in now somebody who is a friend of both of ours, Bruce, colleague from my, of mine at the Chicago Tribune for a very long time, and he uh, preceded me there, and he will outlast me there. Paul Sullivan is the sports columnist at the Chicago Tribune, and he joins us now on the El Pamonte Nissan hotline, El Pamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Good morning, Sully. David, Bruce, how are you doing? Good morning. How are you, my good friend? Hear, How's the... Good to hear some uh, tough talk from Dr. Jake on the state of the world. <laughs> uh, Let's are start you there, surprised... Sully. Lot... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Bruce. Go ahead, David. Where do, what uh, did you, you think are... of that, Sully? Pardon me? Where do I stand? No. no. What, what do you think, think what Jake, Jake had to say? You know, I didn't hear the whole thing. I just heard uh, the little part of it on Zoom uh, that you guys played. So I, I don't know what his rationale was or why he – is he against the shot or he's just uh, – Just didn't... because of the Torres situation that he feels yeah. that uh, there's some uh, there's some hypocrisy in the fact that getting a shot makes you okay uh, and that you're, you're going to be all right. He's basically – you know, what he basically said is that he and his family are adhering to uh, proper protocol, not going outside of their bubble or the team's bubble. And in, in essence, uh, that's good enough for them. They don't need to get a shot if they adhere to uh, the proper protocols. And uh, there was just a little bit up and back in the Zoom about that. Chris Bryant later came on, said he's fully vaccinated, happy he is, hoping that uh, they can get to 85% as a team. Yeah, well, you know, everyone can have their opinion. It's, it's just a shame that the Cubs have so many players that are going to ruin it for the rest of the team that uh, probably, uh, you know, have already gotten their shots and fully vaxxed and, and want to have, uh, you know, some relaxed protocols uh, on the road and in the dugout. And, um, you know, I, I applaud all the teams that have reached the 85% mark and, and teams like the White Sox that have not only reached it, but have announced it. I mean, this is something that teams should be proud about and something they should, uh, you know, tell their tell their fans. It's a good thing. So it's, it's a shame for the Cubs, but, you know, I'm not going to argue with Jake about it. That's, that's his opinion. Sully, you mentioned the White Sox, and they are the best team in baseball and arguably the most interesting one because of Tony La Russa, because of your mean Mercedes, for lots of different reasons. We saw Michael Kopech on the mound yesterday. To this point of the season, what has been the biggest surprise from your standpoint about the White Sox, and, and do you think that this is a, a team that could get on quite a bit of a roll and run away with that division? Yeah, definitely. Um because the way the division's playing out is, is, to me, the most important thing there. Uh, I, I assumed it would be a three-team race with uh, the Indians and Twins, and the Twins just look awful. And I don't know how much of that is injuries or or just uh, some of their, you know, off-season moves. But uh, it looks like it's just the Sox and Cleveland at this point. And 
Um, I think Cleveland has got the pitching, obviously, but I don't really, their lineup doesn't really impress me that much. So I, I think they should win the division pretty handily. And then I guess the most surprising thing to me is that they're doing it without a lot of power. I, they're near the bottom in home runs. And I know, you know, losing Eloy is, you know, a big part of that probably in Luis, but, um, you know, they're doing it basically mostly with pitching, I would think, and, uh, you know, some timely hitting. Yeah, you're right, Sully. Um, the White Sox are up there with Boston with the league leaders in runs per game, like around 5.2 runs per game. So that is the shocking part when you mention that they're near the bottom and were at the bottom in home runs in all of baseball uh, going into yesterday. So from that perspective, you have the best ERA, you have the best run production, uh, you have uh, arguably some of the more interesting people in baseball, starting with the Yerminator, um, going to Tim Anderson, who's created um, a whole new genre of uh, young players that are uh, being accepted for showing their um, their excitement and their joy from uh, play to play. Uh, do you think the White Sox have a chance to be the baseball story of 2021? Oh, definitely. Yeah, because you, you look around baseball and there's really no teams that are standing out aside from the Sox. Uh, you know, Boston, uh, pretty good start. Uh, I don't know anyone else in the AL that's really, you know, I guess Oakland, but, you know, we all, nobody knows anyone on Oakland. Uh, <laughs> and the National League's been pretty, you know, since the Dodgers, uh, you know, crashed a couple weeks ago, it's, you know, there's no really team in that uh, league either that stands out. So, yeah, they, they've got a chance. Um and uh, you know Larusa, whether you like him or not, he's he's a very fascinating character, and uh, we, he's already been involved in you know three or four you know, <laughs> big soap operas in Chicago. So uh, I think he adds to it, adds to the you know the the narrative that this is an interesting team. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, they could. I think uh, we'd like to see him on Sunday Night Baseball a few more times. Maybe maybe ESPN could discover him. That would help. Joined by Paul Sullivan from the Chicago Tribune here on Inside the Clubhouse, David Hall and Bruce Levine till 11 o'clock. Sully, so shifting to the Cubs, it's been a long time since I think anybody has heard from Tom Ricketts. We don't hear from Jed Hoyer as often as, as we typically are used to hearing from, from Cub executives. I just wonder, as Chris Bryant is in the midst of what looks like another MVP-type season, he is back, it appears, because he is healthy. Could the Cubs rethink their commitment or their urgency in re-signing him, and is that an even realistic possibility? You know, I, I don't have any inside info on that, but I have to imagine at this point that Boris is going to take him to free agency, you know, no matter what happens. So I personally, I just think that, uh, you know, Jed's going to have to make a decision by July whether to, you know, risk it that they could sign him back in free agency or, you know, risk that they might not get anything for him. Um, so, I, you know, you got to think about trading him. I, I don't see any other way around it. It's, you know, I know it's, Cub fans don't want to hear that, but, you know, if they lost Chris Bryant for nothing, that after a season that, you know, he finally rebounds and has the kind of season that we were all expecting, I think that would be kind of tragic, especially if they're, 
obviously they're on their way to the rebuild. They're not rebuilding yet, but they're semi-rebuilding. So you could get the, you know, three, four decent prospects, I would think, for him. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think they've got to do something. I don't I don't I see them that, resigning him during the season. Do you? I, I don't like that that we're accepting that idea that they have to trade a guy who you hope to get three or four prospects that one day could grow up to be what? Like Chris Bryant and find a way that, but I don't know that they can find the way I understand the baseball economics and everything, but I just don't want to them to concede at this point. Like, okay, he's going to walk. So we better deal him. Well, well what a, you know, I mean, you know, unless they have some, idea that he's going to stay even if they you know go through the season and oh yeah after the season he'll stay I, I don't see that happening yeah you're probably right Sully I mean look uh Bryant's probably gonna look awfully good in a Los Angeles Dodgers uniform at some point <laughs> um and uh whether it's July or next year but uh, you Don't know, you not, think, I'm, Bruce and David, that the, the reason he's, I mean, obviously Duffy's playing well, too, but the, one of the reasons he's playing more outfield is so that they have more teams interested yeah. in him at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, you, you, would, you could be right, um, but um, that, that just makes him, uh, that just plays into Boros and, and, uh, and his hand even more. That makes the price for Chris Bryant even higher that you got a guy that can play five positions well going into free agency uh, with a great year under his belt. Uh, arguably, we still have 80 percent of the season left. But um, yeah. and 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 he can seamlessly fit into any team because of all the positions he plays well. So it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch that. And uh, I wonder what your thoughts are on the. Uh, on the Baez situation so far, still continues to produce runs, strike out at uh, high rates, but uh, clunky on defense. You blame that on uh, this uh, back issue that he has, or what exactly do you feel is going has been going on with Baez? I don't know because uh, you know we've never seen him make you know so many uh, routine plays into bobbles. And uh, I, I don't see how that would be the back. I think that's just the mental focus. Uh, I think it was, was it the Dodgers series where there's one game where he, you know, three routine grounders. I don't think he got three errors, but he definitely botched three of them. And, uh, you know, that's not Javi at all. So, I, I, you know, maybe the back has something to do with it. I don't know how serious that is, but I think it's in his head. And I think, uh, you know, he's, got off to that bad start with all the strikeouts and he's kind of finally settling down a little bit on the strikeouts, but, uh, and he is, you know, he's driving in some runs definitely, but, uh, you know, he always says he's a second half player. So I guess we, we can trust him on that or, you know, we really have no choice at this point. So, Sully, you are an institution in Chicago baseball coverage, and, and I think that— I'm in mean, um, an institution? I, I think, excuse me? Yeah, and, and, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I knew you'd take it that way, so that's, that's kind of why I said it. But I, I've always respected the, how you, you cover the sport, and I know you know the tribute near and dear to my heart as well. Later today, 5 o'clock at the Freedom Center, there's a rally to um, save local news is the name of the rally. And I know that, you know, before we let you go— Obviously, that that take that underscores the importance of covering baseball in the way that it's it's typically covered, and and the importance of the newspaper as well, and the people on the beat. How different has it been covering the 
both teams, the way that you've had to cover both teams in the last year and a half or so. And do you ever see it getting back to the point where you're in the clubhouse, you're working sources, you're able to establish those relationships that Bruce knows how important those are. Does it, is it ever going to get back to being the way that it was or even close to that point? Well, uh, well, first of all, thank you for bringing that up. And uh, it is an important day for the Tribune uh, next week that, uh, you know, the, the sale might go through to the company that uh, the hedge fund that no one likes and the it's a bad thing for the Tribune, so I hope people do support us. But as far as the job, I think, as Bruce can tell you, it's like night and day. I mean, you really can't get anything off Zoom. People are very guarded. They know it's, you know, recorded. You can't get any, obviously, any off-the-record stuff uh, that we rely on a lot of times for our reporting. And uh, I don't see us going back in the clubhouses, at least this year. Um, and I think it's going to be a major uh, hassle down the road or a major argument with the players union. Cause I think players like it this way. Um, you know, player has a bad game, maybe blows, blows the game. And, you know, usually we'd have 10 guys hanging around his locker waiting to talk to him. And now he just goes home. You know, he doesn't zoom with us. Very rarely does a player that has a bad game zoom with us, unless it's like a starter that has to. So I think it's, it's just changed the way we do it. It's changed the way, they react with the media, and uh, you know, frankly, I think Ross and uh, Larusa, you know, they really don't give us a whole lot of information. And I think that if we were with them, the reporters just, you know, in their company, you know, maybe they they would do more of that if uh, if it was just like a you know a free flowing conversation. Because Zoom is not a free flowing conversation. It's just. <laughs> As you know, it's just nonstop questions, and it's it, there's just no nuance there. So, yeah, it, it's changed everything. Sully, thanks for your time this morning. Best of luck. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Sully. See you at the ballpark. He is Paul Sullivan, at P.W. Sullivan on Twitter. If you want to reach out to him and share your opinions, I'm sure that he would welcome them. He's a, he's a good uh, tweeter. He comes back at you, and he shares his opinion, Bruce. And he's right. I don't know that uh, we're ever going to get back to the days where you know people were ma- lingering in the clubhouse and establishing those kinds of relationships. You have experienced as much as anybody and been affected by it as much as anybody who covers the sport in this town. Yeah, without question, uh, you know, Sully makes some fabulous points. And the, the idea that uh, uniquely I can't go up to uh, player A and ask him after establishing a relationship with him what's going on with player B, C, and D and get an answer. Uh, and most of the time it's it's in- information that will tell you, well, player B is having problem with his wife or player C, uh, his mother is sick. You know, all this information that's pertinent to – being sensitive and also informative to people just totally out the window the last year and a half. And we'll have more on players A through Z with Bruce Levine and David Haw. This is Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Chris has shown what he's done, uh, what what he can do over his career. I feel like like, uh, when you're an MVP, a down year, you know, it looks like he was, what, 2019 when he was an all-star still. Some people call that a down year, but... Uh, I think it's tough to block that stuff out. So I have a lot of respect for guys that go play the game and, you know, do it at a high level. You know, I think we're all, you know, kind of banged up. We're all, you know, bugged out. And, 
you know, again, you know, when you have a lot of a lot of expectation on him, especially in a year like this, you know, to be able to need a breather or to be able to, you know, get hit or or have some health stuff, take some time to yourself to get right and come back and step up for us tonight is huge. It's huge to jump out to that league. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine. That was the voice of Jason Hayward after last night's 4-2 Cubs victory over the Tigers. Cubs back in action today at 310. Trevor Williams on the mound. Cubs score pregame at 235, Bruce. And let's play a game. Where will Chris Bryant play in today's lineup? Center field, third base, right field, left. Where you got him? I got him leading off at shortstop. Okay. <laughs> well, and he can and do I, it, I Bruce. Think in the eighth inning, he comes in and sets up Kimbrell uh, for the uh, – for the save, I mean, uh, it's been uh, it's uh, you know I'm I'm happy for Chris Bryant, uh, the way that uh, you know he was taken on last year and uh, looked at like uh, his career was over and that he would never hit again. Uh, all of us were guilty of uh, second guessing whether he could still play the game at this level. I don't care who you are because you watched him and watching him last year, injuries aside, and we know injuries impacted him. It looked like he had never swung a bat, right? I mean, right. it was just, it was, uh, it was painful to watch for him and for Cub fans. Uh, the, the reality of uh, watching this uh, proud Rookie of the Year MVP superstar in the game uh, go out there and look like he had never played before. And Bruce, you look at his versatility, which is such a big thing. It, it reminds me, of like in Little League, you would put the player at the position you thought the most balls would be batted toward, right? So if you you put the best player at shortstop or Chris Bryant has done everything well at every position. I like the way Jordan Bastian from Cubs.com referred to him, I think, in today's story as the Cubs superstar utility player because he is a, he like a utility player used in a lot of different ways. That's why I think as he increases in value, I understand – the value in potentially trading him. I'm not naive. This is the baseball conversation we have. Boy, though, I don't like that direction, and I hope that there is some way. I'm going to maintain that until he's an ex-Cub. I hope there's some way they can keep him in Chicago because of what it would mean for him to leave. Well, you know, the old, old expression, money money talks and BS walks, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, uh, the Cubs are not a poor franchise. The Cubs are not going to be uh, putting money away in the bank uh, going into next year. With full revenues coming back, as we hope for baseball, the Cubs are one of the big market teams that uh, demand big market prices for their product and for their tickets, and they will not back down. I guarantee you they will not back down from spending money next year to go ahead with their uh, the rebuild of trying to rebuild a pitching staff with young young pitchers and move forward from there. So, uh, being able to sign Chris Bryant, I think is is true. I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be uh, involved in it. As to whether the bidding gets up to 200, 250, 300 million, um, and somebody says they're out, we'll find out. Uh, he still has another uh, 120 games to play, so. Let's see how the season plays out. Uh, it's just, it's it's nice to see a, a a good young guy who loves the game and puts everything into it 
start to be uh, uh, successful again. I, I love it for the White Sox. I love it for the Cubs. I love it for any baseball team where a guy has been at the pinnacle of his profession, knocked down and, and gets back up. I think it's it's always a great American story, He's- great baseball story absolutely he's playing with joy it's fun to watch it's fun to talk about we will continue the conversation in the second hour of inside the clubhouse we've got justin Steele coming up we've got chris getz from the white Sox. we've got your opinions 312-644-667-67 with bruce levine i'm david haw inside the clubhouse here chicago sports radio 670 the score we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com